And welcome to Saturday Night Hive. I'm Candace and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Hibba Murray. Hello, Hibba. Hey, Candace. So I want to start off by just generalizing here, Hibba. What do you know about Gerard Carmichael? But also, do you know Gerard Carmichael? Okay, I absolutely know nothing about Gerard Carmichael except that he came out as gay on his special that was released like recently i think before like two days before his snl yeah Yeah. so i really appreciated the monologue because he hit all the important points like he gave me the information i needed and it was funny so he talked about how he's probably the least famous person that's ever hosted snl Mm -hmm. and i feel like that acknowledgement was important because Mm -hmm. i went into it being like should i know who this person is and then he was like i'm not that famous y'all like i'm just happy to be here and he mentioned the like thing about him coming out on the special um and yeah he did some other stuff which i think we'll talk about which is funny exactly so the first time i heard of gerard carmichael was because of the carmichael show marketing did a really good job and got in my face i did watch one episode or two i did not go further however i did watch his third hbo special rathaniel and i really loved it i was quite touched by it i was mainly touched that it was an hour however um i also liked his monologue i am with you hibba I really liked his joke about how he's the least famous person to host SNL. I really loved his joke that if you're gay in New York, you get to host SNL. I thought that was really good. He also had a pretty unfortunate position, Mm -hmm. which is that he had to host SNL the same week that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, Mm -hmm. which is so fascinating. I think it is almost it is almost like dave Chappelle hosting the post-election episode but it's worse because at least you know the election is happening with this no one knew it was happening so with that being said i thought it was interesting that he spent a lot of his time talking about the slap while not saying the slap like i actually thought it was quite creative the way he went about it but i think the other thing is that this entire episode was almost in the shadow of the slap, which we will talk about more. But I will say this. I think Gerard is a really good stand-up. Here's the deal. I'm going to say it. I know he doesn't want me, but I do have a crush on Gerard Carmichael, and I just needed to put that out there. That's it. In case he ever listens to this. Totally. (laughs) Let's talk about the first sketch of the night, post-COVID game show. First off, I'm going to say it. I really like this because I think it is super, super relevant to the state of pandemia that we are in, which is that at some point you realize your brain has melted a little bit. But I will say my favorite part is when Sarah Sherman said, I'm good. How are you? And I thought that was really cute. But what did you think, Hibba? Okay, so I was excited when the game show started because it was called Is My Brain Okay? And that Mm -hmm. was really hilarious to me because the obvious answer for all of us is no. Mm -hmm. I also loved that Kate McKinnon was the host because it reminded me of her her weekend update appearances where she was like the doctor with like the foreign accent and then she like would break the fourth wall um but to be honest i feel like maybe the sketch just caught me at a bad time it hit a little bit too close to home like it was too relatable because i was like oh no i'm not okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) um but that's on me not on them so i thought the sketch was solid overall yeah yeah i mean Now that we are going to jump into some more slap content, I would say the dominant slap sketch was seat fillers. 
So personally, I felt like the writing was really good. I will say mm-hmm. I found Chris Red's impression to be a little bit more Eric Adams than Will Smith, but it's also because I don't think we've seen a lot of Will Smith impressions on SNL. However, yeah. I feel like everyone is so tired of everyone's takes and I kind of enjoyed the premise, which is that they kind of took this from a seat filler perspective and I just really enjoyed the way they filled in the narrative in a way that I wouldn't have thought of. But what was your response to this slaptastic sketch? Yeah, I thought it was a refreshing take, like you said, on the whole thing because like people kept posting pictures of celebrities and their reactions to the slap, but nobody talked about like the regular people that were just like there. Mm. Um, so I thought it was a really like smart comedy thing to take the situation and kind of like flip it on its head. I thought also it made some interesting commentary about Will Smith's own awareness of like mm. how what he did kind of impacted people's opinion about him because he just like sat back down and was like you guys still love me right like i'm still great right like like he wasn't even aware of like the potential backlash and like i'm not gonna get too into this but like i don't think he deserved all of the ridiculous backlash that he is getting but at the same time um yeah i thought that was funny to portray him in that light as like sort of like an invincible like i can do whatever because that is a commentary right I will say also shout out to the production design because the way that they shot it really felt like they were in the Dolby theater. And I think that was extremely important. Yeah. Because also they made a sketch without ever showing the slap. That is interesting. And I think Mm -hmm. the way they wrote around it was good. Another sketch, not slaptastic, but a little slapstick was Scattering Remains big Andrew Dismukes energy to me. Yeah. And I personally liked it. The premise was basically Andrew Dismukes and Gerard Carmichael. First off, great best friend pairing. They are, let's say, employees for a funeral home and they basically (laughs) throw a body off the side of a cliff. I will say this. I think this sketch was a little bogged down by the technicality of it. Like, it was a very tough set piece to pull off because they were scaling cliffs they were like minimizing maximizing and at the end of the day I thought the writing was succinct and funny enough but what did you think I actually didn't like this sketch I feel like and that's okay on the between the line of like funny and too much that I always talk about like it was too morbid to me like I feel Mm -hmm. like it was just like very early onto the sketch you saw them just like throw the dead guy off the cliff and like I don't know maybe if they had spent a little bit more time like building up to that although part of the value there is like the shock value Mm -hmm. I did really think it was very on brand for Andrew Dismukes like I think he's definitely like developing his own identity of comedy and like the types of characters he plays my favorite thing was that People like the family that he was like, you know, doing the funeral for would say like something to him and he would just be like, hmm, okay. They would be like freaking out and he would be like, hmm, okay, hmm. I'm gathering that you guys, this isn't what you wanted. Like, let me just go and get the guy. So like that was very funny because like obviously a normal person would react that way. And he did Mm -hmm. a really good job of like becoming that character but yeah I was just like this is too icky for me that's so funny no yeah I I have to say I like the shock value I feel like that's why Gerard Carmichael also liked the sketch but I think you're right which is that the best performance was definitely them yeah 
reacting so nonchalantly and that was that was something I kind of wanted to take into my own life like whenever someone like tries to give me an emergency I'll be like "Mm." I'm sensing your stress (laughs) (laughs) um another thing that I liked was the pre-tape music video short ass movies which I heard Hibba you also enjoyed tell me why okay well first of all you know that I'm a big fan of Pete Davidson doing any sort of rapping Mm -hmm. which is really problematic for a lot of reasons yeah but there was just so much good stuff in this like first of all it was like pretty catchy would I download it on Spotify probably not okay but it was very funny I loved that Gunna made an appearance because I love when the musical guests like doesn't take themselves so seriously and they actually like show up in the sketches like when bad bunny um was in loco with ego right right um so props to him for doing that i also think chris red is like also a really good fake rapper that appears in a lot of musical shorts Mm -hmm. my favorite part of this was when they had like a little um like talking moment in the music video where someone was asking him like oh how long was the king of satin island and he was like <laughs> he was like two hours and 17 minutes but like we needed all those minutes right and, right but yeah i really enjoyed this one yeah i mean first off the topic i agree with i too like a movie and i will enjoy a movie so much more if it's t- less than two hours if it's 90 minutes i'm all in that's basically three yeah. episodes of television which i can do for me, the part that really, like, got me was Simon Rex being in this because that was shocking. Um, I watched Red Rocket, which was this pretty raunchy Sean Baker movie that Simon Rex was in. What made me really laugh is that his publicist really thought he might get nominated for an Oscar for it. He was at Hollywood Reporter Roundtables. He very clearly did not think he belonged there. I don't disagree with him. But it's been a while since we've talked about that movie, and it's been a while since, like, we've heard Simon Rex's name. I will say this. I kind of got a feeling that Pete Davidson could possibly be a younger Simon Rex, because Simon Rex used to rap. He's also a white man, as Pete is. And I just feel like the lineage makes sense. And so maybe I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. I also think if Simon Rex had been featured in a SNL sketch earlier, he might have been nominated for an Oscar, but that's not on me to say. Yeah, I I really just can't explain why he was there, except maybe he's just like friends with Pete Davidson, which like you said, just like checks out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Makes sense. Maybe he's in town going to Times Square shopping at Build-A-Bear. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Another sketch that we definitely wanted to touch on was Baby Clothes. What did you think of that one? I thought this one was so funny. So it was kind of an example of like taking something that's like politically correct and like going way overboard with it. So the premise was like people like kind of force heteronormative culture onto children. And so like they'll Mm -hmm. like if there are two babies, they'll be like, oh, they're such a cute couple or whatever. And so it was like an ad for like a a clothing line for babies, but they had like aggressively queer slogans Mm. and so it was Mm -hmm. like doing Mm -hmm. the opposite where it was like calling babies like slang sometimes like not great slang for like gay people and like queer people um i thought it was pretty funny though because it was basically like showing like it was showing straight people what they're doing like if gay people had done the same thing you know so like sometimes you can't recognize that you're being ridiculous until 
people show it to you in like a different flavor um and also i liked that they actually made all the designs and so that was pretty funny too yeah no i'm with you what do you think they did with all of those onesies hiba would you buy one honestly i think colin took them home for his baby (gasps) oh my god you know he's an ally so oh that's so funny that would be a big step for colin but anyway a sketch that i really enjoyed that unfortunately was cut for time but never cut for time in my heart was angelo they brought him back for a sketch called angelo wedding and it's funny because i'll be honest after three angelos it doesn't hit the same as it did when rami malik first brought it out but i have to admit i smiled the entire time And it makes me actually kind of sad and a little mad that they cut this for time, but they did not cut that weird dinner sketch for time. But I will also say Angelo performing an actual cover song was quite inventive and out of the box for him. And I thought it was really sweet that Gerard wanted to do this and also Gerard was shirtless and that was a little (laughs) hot. So I appreciated it. Yeah, I loved that they actually kind of did a little bit of a twist because usually he asks for a word and then he makes up his own song and then at the end he like gets the word right but yeah the thing i thought it was such a genius idea for him to do like covers because it was basically like the inversion of the older original sketch and so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that was like a good way to innovate i think it's always funny that cecily is like always the fangirl um and she has like this weird like well like this normal husband who like doesn't understand what like alternative music she's into i also thought it was hilarious that he had a billionaire assistant (gasps) yeah which i think was melissa villasenor i think so too yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah oh like you said never cut for time in my heart we love angelo exactly and you know what i think angelo is cecily strong's harry styles you know like you really see the progression of both artist and fan through the same lineage anyway let's get to our last segment which is weekend update heba what did you think of weekend update okay so my hot take on weekend update is that colin opened with a joke that was like oh will smith like set uh, like unrealistic precedent for defending your wife at award shows mm-hmm. that was pretty funny because he was like poking fun of him and scarlett johansson right. but then they also did like a bunch more jokes and keenan came on as oj simpson and like mm-hmm. was talking about you know relating back to the slap and like how um obviously what oj allegedly did or didn't do murdering someone is a lot more serious than um slapping someone on live tv mm-hmm. but i just felt like that was too much like i just felt so inundated like i feel like if their whole point was to not inundate us with slap content by being like subversive and alternative about it they just did too much and by the end i was like i'm over this like and also because i i watched this episode not live so i actually watched it i think like a week later and by that Mm -hmm. point things had started to quiet down and i was just like oh my god like this is just they're not really talking about anything else like it felt like i was trapped in that week basically (laughs) uh you felt trapped like that seed filler yeah i am with you i think that nothing michael or colin said about the slap was inventive none of it was interesting especially because after six days like 
We have seen so many funnier jokes on Twitter about the slap. The seat filler sketch did exactly what it needed to do, and I really thought it closed the box. Also, like, I think there is something to be said about the fact that Colin maybe isn't the best person to talk about this. Neither is OJ Simpson. However, I also think that, like, maybe a funnier take would have actually been if it was not OJ talking about it, but someone so outside of the realm of Hollywood and comedy being brought onto the weekend update desk to talk about it like frankly if nancy pelosi or like that could maybe be interesting but i think we both landed on the same point which is that the slap fatigue fatigued us so hibba it's that time of the show please tell me what is your ranking of this episode okay so i will give this episode a 7.5 billionaire assistance Mm. uh, from the angelo sketch I feel like Gerard Carmichael overall did a pretty good job. Like, I, again, I think maybe it has to do with expectation setting because I didn't really know him. Um, And he came on in an unfortunate week where him maybe getting more people to know him was overshadowed by the slap, like we've mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, I feel like there were some pretty solid sketches and I didn't hate any of the sketches. Um, And I learned about Gerard Carmichael and I felt like with your whole point about how he was like almost looking down at the stage and stuff like that like I feel like he's definitely down to earth enough to host and that really showed by like the range of characters that he played and just like the overall um like vibes that he gave Mm -hmm. off so yeah 7.5 for me is like pretty solid rating I agree with you I'm going to go a little higher, and I'm going to say that my rating for this episode is 8 out of 10 aggressively queer onesies, a unit of measurement that Hibba gave me. Thank you very much. So I feel like this episode did one thing really well, which is that it made me like Gerard Carmichael a lot more. And it's funny Mm. because I really only heard of him because of his show, The Carmichael Show, which did get canceled. But even as he kind of orbited I would say the comedy space I never really felt like I knew him or things about him and so his monologue was really good and strong it leaned personal which is always a good move and I really felt like by the end of this episode I was like I like him I want to hang out with him I like his stand-up style he just seems very as a performer very inviting not authoritative but very casual and The thing about stand-up comedians hosting SNL is that they're writers. They write their own material. They know what they're good at. Yeah. And I think Gerard was able to take that in while also expanding his own acting capabilities a little more. Like, I mean, I think the queer onesies sketch I don't think he would have done that a year ago. To be fair, he would not have hosted SNL a year ago. But I don't think he would have done that a year ago. And I do like to see growth. And I like to see hosts who can step out of their usual comfort zone. And I think the inverse of that is the reason why some actors are actually very bad at SNL is not only because they're maybe taking themselves too seriously like Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't write his own material he doesn't know what it's like to write let it it's never gonna be authentic right he doesn't know what it's like to write sketches all he knows is how to perform outwardly and I think Gerard Carmichael's respect for writing as a craft and a form is the reason why things like 
scattering remains is something I like because I actually think the fruit was in the writing but also in his little reactions I like how you characterized him as inviting because that's exactly a fitting description I think like I didn't think of that word but I'm like wow that's so true like I feel like I just want to be friends with him now and I feel like I know so much more about him like you said it's true and to be fair I do think Gerard Carmichael would not look twice at us I think he would absolutely I think we would be friends you think okay real talk I think if we were in New York okay let's say we're in Brooklyn we are at Nicholas Braun's bar that he co-owns with Justin Thoreau we see Gerard Carmichael sitting alone drinking a gin and tonic and we went up to him I think he would give us the deadest smile and be like your fans i think you would i feel like well he talked about how he's the least famous person to host snl so i feel like he's one of those famous people where like they're still up and coming where when someone comes up to them they're like oh my god this is so cool like the novelty hasn't worn off yet versus if you go up to someone like kim kardashian like she's like uh people recognize me everywhere you know i actually think kim i actually think the opposite i think kim would be like hey guys you watch the show but also, I don't know, Gerard Carmichael. <laughs> that was a good impersonation. Thank you so much. I could do better, though, but thank you so much. But anyway, I'll say this. Gerard Carmichael, I am not going to approach you at a bar anytime soon. Will I crush on you from afar while you never crush me on me back? Absolutely. <laughs> and that's okay with me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, Gerard. Hibba, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. Of course. And we will see you guys next time for the Jake Gyllenhaal Camilla Cabello episode. Bye. Bye.